Gira il mondo, gira nello spazio senza fine Con gli amori appena nati, con gli amori già finiti Con la gioia e col dolore della gente come me Un mondo, soltanto adesso io ti guardo Nel tuo silenzio io mi perdo E sono niente accanto a te Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones. How long will I love you? How long will I love you? I don't know, I don't know any of the words to Il Mondo, or nah. I have immediately gone into Il Fondo. Yeah, um, I, had a, I had a really funny experience oh. because I um, I stepped out of like away from the TV uh, during the wedding scene um, oh, and, and then I came back in in the middle of it, um, which is really funny because just shit goes wild in the wedding scene. Yeah. Like because uh, for people who haven't seen About Time, the movie we're doing this week is during the wedding scene a huge rainstorm comes in and just completely wrecks all of their shit like um and it's it's played fun like for a laugh but Mm -hmm. like it is just pretty uh it's just kind of a tonal change because it's like oh this is for about a minute it's a disaster movie i love the wedding is very good and i've told jackson this but um I have spent years attempting to replicate that dance move that Bill Nighy does to Il Mondo in the chapel. Oh. It's just, just like slick, like arm, like pop and lock. I can't even describe it correctly, but it's this really great move. And I have attempted to replicate it for years. I, because I was out of the room, I didn't see it. I came in oh, in the middle. Well. So, um, but uh, just get up and demonstrate it for me right now. Uh, if you will. No, it's fine. Just uh, go back and go into a closet, close your eyes, clench your fists, go back in time and watch that part of the movie. Okay. Whoa, what a dance move. Uh, <laughs> wowza, how Bill Nighy's arms move. He's standing like this. He kind of like, I can't even do oh, it. Okay. It's like arm like that. And that's, then, a, that's a dad move dance right there. Just like, I love it. It was very, um, it was kind of a dad move, but he was also like, I don't know. It's just, it's very good. Yeah. When you, when you post a GIF with the episode, just find that GIF okay. for, <laughs> for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> so what did you think of the movie? Cause I've seen this a bunch of times. I really like about time. We'll talk about the problems with about time here in a sure, minute, but sure. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I watched this this morning and it was a very nice warm movie um mm-hmm. warm tone throughout um movies like this that i would like call like maybe sort of nicholas sparks sort of movie genre sort of idea mm-hmm. like what it like it's a romantic comedy but it's like a little bit more like serious right, right? i don't know what the mm-hmm. actual it's like more that. dramatic maybe yeah dramatic 
romance sort of thing. Rom-coms. Um, Rom-com yeah, drums. Rom-com drums. Drama rom-coms. Um, Drama rom-coms. That's Drama rom-coms. Um, yeah, I don't usually go towards these types of movies, um, but this one was really good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was, I think with like any like, like time travel thing or like something that has sort of a wild concept. And we've talked about this before. Like, I like that they don't explain it. Right. Or like, they don't, they don't go into it. It's not like a movie about like finding out how to stop the time thing or understanding the time thing, just that it exists and it's something that he does and they form a sort of relationship love story around it right yeah like legitimately his dad just brings him into his office on the day after new year's of his 21st birthday it's like so all the men in our family can time travel yeah don't know why no one's ever asked first five minutes of the movie and it's just like okay let's go this like let's not spend a lot of time on this right which i think is great good dad dad energy from bill nighy like i said really great dad energy from bill nighy yeah just Just like hand on the chest like you know good dad energy i i feel like we would spend all of our time just talking about bill nighy dad scenes if we didn't have anything else to do yeah because there's just so many good ones i could i could live in a bill nighy dad scene (laughs) (laughs) we should talk about probably the the bad parts of the movie yeah vis-a-vis tim goes on a date with rachel mcadams ends up meeting rachel mcadams in in an odd meet cute and in a completely dark restaurant yeah uh he gets her number and then it turns out his his roommate, who's like a playwright, their play got absolutely fucked up by the uncle from Harry Potter, yeah. who couldn't remember his lines. So he goes back in time and helps the play go successfully, but it turns out because he did that, he never met Rachel McAdams. He found out during the first thing that she likes Kate Moss, so he goes to the very convenient Kate Moss exhibit at the museum and just waits there until she shows up and attempts to woo her again with all of the information that he learned like that they talked about in the first one being a horribly creeper stalker about oh, it, yeah. the whole thing like the beginning like that part is just really wowza um also my thing about that movie or that part in general it's like oh he didn't meet Rachel McAdams because he tried to fix mm-hmm. the the play thing to this guy who's kind of an asshole I, don't, I, I know he's his roommate and his friend but it's just like man you like I don't know. Like, I, I understand he's not supposed to be, like, a very selfish person, but, man, it's like, I don't know. The playwright dude kind of sucks, so you kind of threw away your your meet-cute experience with this person you had a connection with to help your playwright roommate have a successful opening night. Yeah, I don't know. After he meets her at the Kate Moss exhibit, she turns out she met a guy at a party, like, two days later, mm. and they're dating. So he goes back to that party and meets her first. Yeah. And woos her with, again with some of the stuff he learned from previous attempts. Yes. And then they go on a very cute dinner and then they have sex. And he, I see, this is a point where I diverge a little bit in the opinion. People think that it's like he time travels to like trick her into sex. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I think he just wanted to meet her. Like one of them to fall in love. That happened. He does time travel two more times to have, to be like, I want her to think I'm better at sex. Or yes. does not be like an awkward sexual encounter, which is not great. It's not as creepy, I think, as a lot of the as a lot of detractors will like point to. Of like, it's not good. I'm not trying to stand up for it. No, um, but well, I was I was concerned at that part in the movie that the entire movie was going to be him continually going back in time to make his like 
first experience with her like uh, better perfect, perfect. Right. and it was going to be kind of like sort of like you know the bad parts of groundhog's day you know right. you know yeah. like, you know you know and um i was concerned but then once it moved on and it kind of like was more like oh like it moved on just to what their life together was going to be like mm-hmm. and i hear what you're saying it's played in position in the movie at least from my perspective like is like oh he's in love with her and he also or he he, he has like a strong connection with her that he doesn't want to lose but he also like when she walks him back to her place or whatever he's surprised mm-hmm by it too so i think that's probably where i would say i don't think he did it to have sex with her my take is that the film is attempting to portray this as he is trying to recapture that magical connection Mm -hmm. like they had a really good connection in the restaurant he's attempting to recapture that and nothing more it still sucks like the film still uses a lot of the worst parts of time travel romance to make it happen so like I'm not refuting the fact that he does bad, like that this is gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't think that it's like as manipulative as some of the, as some detractors are like, are, especially on like letterbox and stuff like that, that they point out. It's still manipulative and kind of, kind of gross. It's not yes. like, Ooh, I can't wait to fuck. It, the whole thing is like uh, the idea, it, the power itself is manipulative, like in a way, mm-hmm. like, um, and it's like, it just plants the idea in your mind that, oh, he could be very evil, right, you know, <laughs> with this and affect a lot of things. But it, it's kind of the thing of um, what I've been after we watched You Got Mail, You've Got Mail, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a similar thing. It's just like, OK, well, Tom Hanks back half of this movie is kind of gaslighting Meg Ryan, right, because he knows so much about her. Right. <laughs> and um, we've kind of talked about this a lot sorry Um, oh that's fine um speaking of controlling relationships and um people possibly being creeps our first review off of letterboxd comes from leah naboru lima who has a pro rating who gave this two stars pretty amusing once you get past the fact that its main character is essentially a controlling sociopath and will never get called out on it Mm. end of review fucking got him got him that's what we were just talking about. Leo Naboru Lima has you on notice, Tim Lake. Yeah. Another person with something to notice, segue, uh, is Fran, who gave this two stars. Donal's character went back in time just to listen to Mr. Brightside by the Killers. That's emo <laughs> representation right there. Seriously. The music played at that party was like, okay, this is a music of a particular time and vibe. Yeah. For a movie about time travel, it is extremely dated. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, throughout the entire thing. It, but also, like, I had the feeling, like, I don't know what time period this is in, right? Uh, like, you know, like, I... I, I uh, it's like 2000, 2010s, I think. Yeah, that's kind of... I think, it's I think I saw a trailer for it in college. When I was like, at a movie, I saw a trailer for this. But our next review comes from Lily. Now, Lily has a little red diamond before their name. Their name Lily, and then a little kiss emoji after it. And they also have a pro rating. Deep down, I think we are all Margot Robbie's gay best friend. End of review. Yeah, Margot Robbie is uh, in this movie, and yeah, very underrated. She does a really good job in the various. I mean, I say like underrated. Nobody really talks about Margot Robbie except for the fact about how much a lot of the, this movie has united everyone across the gender and sexual orientation spectrum by based off of love Rachel McAdams, love Margot Robbie, love Rachel McAdams and Margot Robbie, and I can't believe you would leave X for X, or I can't believe you would not marry this person to marry that person. 
every person of every gender and sexual orientation had an opinion about Margot Robbie and or Rachel McAdams in this movie. Yeah. But Margot Robbie's very good. I liked her scene at the beginning where Tim, like the, it's, I think it's just to circle back for a second to the weird stuff with Tim and, and the relationship. I feel like the Margot Robbie thing is there at the beginning for Richard Curse to be like, no, see, it's not like he forced her. You can't make somebody love you. See like that scene where he tries to get, he tries to ask out Margot Robbie. And she's like, Oh darn. If only you'd ask me the first night I was here. It's like, Oh, okay. So he goes back and she's like, you know what? Wait till the last night. And that's, he's like, Oh, she doesn't want, she doesn't love me. Then he proceeds to do that throughout the rest of the movie, <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with Rachel McAdams. Like he, yeah. he, he did. He just continued to do it or whatever. Like, so. Oh, uh, our next review comes from Kirsten, who also has a pro rating. It's just a pro slate tonight. Jeez. They only hearted this movie. They didn't give it a star rating. Yeah. We should talk about the huge ass Amelie poster in his room, I think. Again, very dated. Like, very <laughs> dated movie of a particular time and vibe. Um, trying to capture sort of and i bet that amelie poster was in there because it's trying to capture that sort of vibe of this movie it's like this like oh like sort of a amelie was a progenitor of this of this film or something right well that's the end of the reviews i had um but i actually uh need to go madison i know that um i got two tickets to the big top Uh, Mm. i don't know if you'd like to join me uh, for the elephant show, or um, I can't wait to go to the just, elephant just show. Just do the bit. I... Just do the thing. Just start the bit. <laughs> popcorn here. Get your popcorn here. Madison's corner full of bits. Popcorn uh, was right there. God hello. damn it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is the ringleader. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is the ringleader. <laughs> Join us, won't you? This sounds more like the Crypt Keeper's mother. <laughs> Get in here. We have games. Oh, God. Oh, let's go in, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just crossing myself to Valley before I go in. <laughs> the Lord will protect me. Yeah. It's time for Madison's Carnival of Bits. And today's, uh, today's game... Today's bit is your favorite, my favorite, More Like This. Yes. As a reminder, More Like This is a game that I I bring to the show where where I read off three descriptions of a movie uh, that you might find in a More Like This or you might also like section like you might see on like Amazon Prime, Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And two of the movies are real um, and one of them is fake. Mike has to find the fake one that I wrote. And these are movies that would have came after about time. They're always mm. themed to the movie we're doing that week. Right. These are what you might find in a more like this section or yes. Recommended like this movie. Mm. Yes. With that being said, Mike, are you ready to begin? Oh, I'm ready. I love this game. Okay. Kept it pretty simple and short. So movie one. Okay. My future boyfriend, 2011, an archaeologist from a thousand years in the future finds a romance novel from another time and journeys back to find out what love is. Okay. Movie number two. Lovers Lost, 2006. Hmm. After, an, after an explosion at the Temporal Robotics Lab, 
two quarreling lovers get sent back to 10 BC and have to work together to survive and find their way back home. Movie number three, Love Story 2050, 2008. With the help of his uncle, a man travels to the future to try and bring his girlfriend back from the dead. Hmm. All these are time travel themed, obviously. Right. Time travel's my bag, and I've not heard of these. I feel like... Well, the my future boyfriend rings a faint bell. So does my neighbor upstairs yawning or singing or something. He said he travels back from the future. With the help of his uncle, a man travels to the future to try to bring his girlfriend back from the dead. I'm going to say he made up that one. Lock it in. Love story. This is the most... This is the most, like, there's no, I usually, I have some footing to jump off of. This is the, like, one of the few where I'm, like, absolutely adrift. Okay, so you're locking in Love Story 2050, 2008. I'm sorry, Mike, no winner this week. Lover's Loss, the one about the explosion at the Temporal Robotics Lab. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was, that was my second guess. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, my future boyfriend is, like, I thought that was the one that was going to trick you, uh, trip you up. No, that sounds like a movie that would exist. Yeah, it just has a bad title, right? So that's why I was like... I didn't go with 10 BC mostly because it was such a specific year, the the robotics one. Like, 10 BC was just really specific. And then also the one... It's like, why would they travel to the future to bring a girlfriend back from the dead? Like, wouldn't you travel back from the future to when she's alive? Yeah, it says travel to the future. I didn't edit that. No, I know. No, I know. I believe you. I'm saying that's why I went with that one, though, is Mm -hmm. I thought you made it up. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. No idea. But that ends the carnival this week. All right. Well, if the circus is rolling out of town, then it's probably time we get to our pitch. Yeah. If the circus is done rolling out of town and the vacuum is done. (laughs) Now we cut that. (laughs) But cool. Yeah. I am ready, if you are ready. All right, then our time starts now. Uh, you said you had an idea for this. I don't know if we have a similar idea. Like I have a few ideas, so go ahead and hit me. My one idea is we do a requel. Okay. And it's the the journey of Uncle D. The, the sort of, like, I don't know how you describe him, but befuddled sort of uncle time traveler who is also in the movie, but we don't never see him time travel ever. I don't think he's a time traveler. I I think think he's the mom's brother. I thought he was a time traveler as well. And that's why he was, um, I thought he was the brother of Bill Nighy. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, they, I don't know if they ever explicitly say, I thought in the very beginning of the movie, Bill Nighy is describing all the other men in the family that have this thing, and he mm-hmm. mentions Uncle D. But he mentions a different. I know he mentions an uncle who did it. Time traveled around like to get money, like to be rich, and absolutely ruined his life. But I don't think that was Uncle Desmond. Hmm. Okay. I want to confirm this. Not that we have to hone in on this particularly, but um, I just want to make sure. Because Google is Uncle Desmond a time traveler? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the movie. Uncle Fred is the one that gets mentioned. Got it. Okay. All right. So Uncle Desmond is not a time traveler. We have confirmed after some research. Um, but I did. I was reading a cure that mm-hmm. um, talking about like, oh, he is the way he is because time travel is happening around him at all, all the time. So it's like 
affecting him somehow. Um, so he's like which, a like time travel sensitive. Yeah, or something like that. Um, but okay. Uncle Desmond lives in every reality. Yeah, but anyway. God. So we don't have to do that. Um, what were some of your ideas? Well, we could circle back to just weirdly like a almost like a Wallace and Gromit like Uncle Desmond's day or something could be an idea. Sure. I wrote down the first idea I ever wrote down was about space question mark and it's all the women in the family can travel through space okay um let's see i wrote down lost in time we had a jackson had a very long strange theoretical conversation about if tim starts traveling back in time and somebody else in their family starts traveling back in time but goes further and does something that makes it so tim is never born does tim ever like because he's traveling in time does he still land essentially Mm. also i wrote down the idea we could have a cousin that can time travel like a male sure. cousin in the family. And then I just wrote time war question mark. Time um, war. Yeah. Charlotte, played by Margaret Robbie, grows up to be Harley Quinn, is an idea I wrote down. Um there's an idea here. Jackson sort of started the idea. I came up I turned it more to this purpose, but uh what if one of their kids is a serial killer and oh, they God. have to use time travel to solve the murder or to stop them? Um that's really it. I mean, those are just my ideas hmm. here. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What if in the exact opposite of everything we've ever done, we take this like inherently kind of magical movie and did just an absolutely mundane Uncle Desmond's Day Out or whatever. Like That's pretty fun. It's like, like an animated short or something uh, <laughs> that we... It, it's not a sequel, but it's like a, an accompanying... Uh, movie uh <laughs> um or like i do like movies from other people's perspective right um mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's been done before um i never seen about like ass darko or whatever you know like so that might be interesting um i think we're talking about uncle desmond a lot and i feel like maybe that's where we want <laughs> to focus in on um but maybe i mean you're you came up with the idea of uncle desmond and i've mentioned his name twice i I feel like we are mentioning uncle desmond a lot we are that's no i get it i I understand (laughs) what you mean i feel like we secretly want to do an uncle desmond movie but don't really want to make an i statement about it so we are thinking about it a lot exactly we are thinking about uncle desmond a lot so um, what would Uncle Desmond's story be? Oh, I have no if... fucking idea. Okay, cool. Um, Great. Um, Great. Well, before I thought that he was a time traveler. I can't believe we kind of we kind of bulldogged our way into doing an Uncle Desmond movie with absolutely no follow-up. <laughs> well, before, uh, I thought he was a time traveler, so I thought there was some heat there. Now he's just kind of a guy who knows some time travelers. I mean... I made a joke about this a little bit ago, but there could be a story where somehow Uncle Desmond can see, like, he knows, like, the time traveling is happening, but he sees, like, all of the timelines. So, like, Tim does a oh thing and then goes to time travel. So, he can see, that's why he's so befuddled about everything, mm-hmm. is because, like, he's he can view all realities. That's pretty good. Uncle Desmond's the watcher. He is the watcher. Um, I, I do like the idea of that, actually. I don't know what the story is yet, but maybe we can I don't get either. there. Because um, maybe Bill Nighy's character, the dad, I don't know if, I don't remember the dad's name uh, besides just Bill Nighy, um, but um, uh, it's it's fine. They um, say it at some point. but Yeah, that maybe Bill Nighy met his wife, the brother of, um, or the, his, Bill Nighy, maybe Bill Nighy met his wife, 
through Desmond and mm. him and Desmond had like some like adventures together where Bill Hot Knight, he was the time traveler or um, so Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Because um, apparently you can take people back in time with you, mm-hmm. right? So um, that was That's established. True. We never really touched on Kit Kat. Yeah, we never talked about Kit Kat. I would say if we did about space, she'd be the main character. Yeah. Well, the thing is, she knows about the time travel going forward, right? She no, she doesn't. No, he, because he because they undid it. That's right. Also, they have a kid. She and the mm-hmm. Jay guy. Which could be a boy, which we could use to introduce a new yes. like Tim having to have the talk with his nephew. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to get away from Uncle Desmond as no. the fulcrum of the multiverse and just. <laughs> no, I the only uh, like my only pitch for it would be is Bill Nighy and Uncle Desmond have a prehistory it'd be a prequel of doing time travel adventures together or like something um maybe uncle desmond was the big bad of bill hot earlier superhero work that is never touched on we don't oh have to focus God. it on this we can we can continue i think there's also heat there with the um would we do another rom-com like are we getting away from rom-coms i think like if it was the sequel to it and we're doing like the the child of kit kat right um mm-hmm. the child of kit kat um that i think it would be the same vibe i think um would be the same sort of genre right um mm-hmm. unless it be well would be another interesting sort of time travel story that following like an everyday sort of story right i'd almost say i'd almost say a mystery but we pretty much did this in detective pikachu Mm -hmm. uh detective pikachu christmas carol um we'd have what are the genres mystery romance sci-fi which is already here fantasy thriller crime um western i mean you could only go back to a place you were Mm -hmm. so that's the thing, like, I think the idea and why about time is so, like, there's not, like, major repercussions to the world, right? Because mm-hmm. it's about mainly affecting the choices in his life, right? You know? So, mm-hmm. if we did some, like, fate of the world stuff, like, because um, if he goes back to, like, Western time or whatever, right. you know, like, butterfly effect of, like, who knows, like, how far it would go forward right the changes that he would make but um we could do like maybe he the son of kit kat um is the son of kit kat uh (laughs) the j spawn yeah (laughs) the heir of kit kat sorry um um the uh that uh he Maybe he's like an archaeologist or some sort of okay. person who works at a museum and has uh-huh. like an Assassin's Creed sort of thing of like, oh, I found some sort of like, but he can only go back in time in his own life, right? What? This is really stupid. Okay. But we could also tie this into an Assassin's Creed prequel mm. and the the Lake family DNA is how the animus Holy works. Holy shit. Holy shit. 
Um, that's pretty good. That is actually pretty good. I know we've already done Assassin's Creed sequel, haven't we? So mm-hmm. we could do yeah. the sort of origin, the secret origin story of, of, of Abstergo. Of, of Abstergo. Or just like where the Lake family gift is somehow magnified or something or like is commodified somehow. And that's what leads to the animus being made. This is wild. I have I have an angle. I just have to fact check it. And even if I'm wrong, there's a, there's still an easy workaround. We know that there is an Uncle Fred who can time travel. What that's if that's true. Jeremy Irons' character from mm. Assassin's Creed? <laughs> okay. Because didn't he build the Animus? Like, wasn't he and um, uh, Marilyn Cotillard? They were the ones who built the Animus, Yes, right? yeah. So, ipso facto, Uncle Fred, who ruined his life by money, like, making all this, or whatever, like, or whatever. I think he's the one who decided not to work or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a mixed bag. Like, totally mess up your Uncle Fred's life or something like that. Yeah. He took his share of the Lake family fortune earned by their grandfather and started working with Absterk. Sure, sure. <laughs> and maybe it's sort of, okay. This is so dumb. Do you like this? Yeah, I mean, this has got the most heat on it so far. What if, okay, what if we combine it a little bit uh-huh. with this, it is a prequel movie to About Time with Bill Nighy and Uncle, Uncle, what is his name? Desmond or Fred is the one Uncle. that's we're gonna kind of retcon to be Rickon, yeah. which is um Jeremy Irons' character. Yeah, Uncle Desmond. Um it's a counterplot, them trying to stop the stop the uncle uh from doing this and exploiting the uh the uh Lake family uh thing and they're stop him from joining the Templars and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about that? It's a movie. It's a- um, so <laughs> it would be a movie. What a movie it would be. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Um, okay. What? First of all, is this? Is there any kind of narration? Like, is there? Is he Bill Nighy telling Tim this story, or is this just happening? We start with um, Tim finding an old journal. Uh, maybe it's <laughs> of course. Maybe uh, Uncle Desmond is on his deathbed or whatever, and. Uh, there's something about your family that uh, I that your father never told you, right? And uh, because Tim can't go back in time to talk to his dad about it at this point, um, mm-hmm. he can only rely on what's in the journal, and he's reading it. And it is the exploits of uh, Uncle Desmond, Bill Nighy, and Ritkin, Uncle Uncle Fred, Rit- uh, Uncle Fred. I I have another idea that is even stupider. Okay. If you recall, at the end of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, um, mm. one of our characters who was being kind of trained by Michael Fassbender is still alive. True. In her, in her continuing war with the Templars, she's like, I need to know what happened here. And I found your father's name. I'm like, no, my dad would never do that. They put Tim in the Animus. He is now running basically the Assassin's oh Creed program God. as his dad. Holy shit. Yes. Yes, to find and that's, out that's our framing device. Our framing device is the assassins show up at Tim Lake's house to make him run the animus. <laughs> to make it run the animus because his father, a time traveler, mm-hmm. by like a real time traveler, not like a yeah. like 
Exactly. She's like, we, I need you to take me back so I can talk to him. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do that because, like, my kids or whatever. Yeah. She's like, all right, well, shit. Then there's really only one other way we can get this information. Because he's a descendant of mm-hmm. of the dad, he could run the animus. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that maybe – what if Uncle D, um, just because I like tying him back into it or whatever, uh-huh. um, he is – somehow he knows about it as well i think maybe it's like oh there's stuff that your father never told you i don't know if Mm -hmm. uncle d is an assassin secretly maybe that's the connection um like a retired like a retired assassin like from assassin's creed Um, it has to be because why else like who who would have recruited Mm -hmm. um the dad i'm gonna look up Bill Nighy's character's name real quick while we're talking. But I like the idea he approached him and that's how he met his wife was mm-hmm. from meeting Desmond and then they um he met her because there's a bit where he's like about the he's he has lung cancer and that's how he dies in the movie. Yeah. And he says, I couldn't go back because I it was after you were or it was whatever, before you were born. So I couldn't go back and change it. Also your mom wouldn't have dated me if I wasn't such a sexy smoker. Right. Uh so we can sort of tie something like that in. Um Okay, so now that we have the framing device, Jesus Christ, uh, we what should it? do the actual plot of the fucking movie. Yeah, I was just listed as dad. Awesome. Cool. Um, thanks, IMDb. They say his name. I just don't remember. No. Um, so yes. So what is the um? What is what? What do they need from from the dad? Like, what is what did the dad see or like know that they need Tim? Because I think we got the setup a little bit. Like, there's like the assassins come to um, talk to Uncle Desmond, mm-hmm. but um, Uncle Desmond doesn't know, or um, only Bill. I think he's got like patches, like because he does seem to be pretty befuddled, and then it's with like patches of lucidity in mm-hmm. the movies. So I think something happened to him in the adventure. So maybe because the original idea was they, they're trying to figure out maybe how the animus works or the idea is that Rick and being a family member gave the like, so like DNA mm-hmm. samples, like make the animus work. Yeah. What if, um, he's, I mean, he's dead. And as per the end of the first Assassin's Creed movie, the dad is dead. As for the first, assassin, the only person who was there who would have some information is uncle Desmond. And they tried and they interview him and they try to get any sort of clue out of him. Right. Um, but they can't. But they can't. So, so, but they, they have or, Tim run the animus or they, to find the information or, or they get a fraction of a clue out of him. They say like a certain date or like a certain place or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what he, it, but it's like a, it, it's kind of, it's not substantial enough to actually go off of, to find whatever they need to find, whatever the, the mystery boxes um and um and that's when they're like okay well we need to go back in time to find that out and then they are like tim you have the power to do this we know that you do and uh tim does says no i'm not going to do that if i go back before all my kids are born then none of them will be the kids that they are right so mm-hmm. then that's when they're like Okay, well, we have one other way you can do it, and that's when he goes into the animus because they're they know about it from working uh, working against Abstergo, right? Mm-hmm. We need to find out what that thing is, what's the mystery box or the the thing is, right? That they need to find. See, what I'm thinking is Desmond purposefully got like like they used a device or something and gave, he gave himself image it's kind of uh, men in black two rules of there is a fact in desmond's mind that we need mm-hmm. but it is locked 
there is like an activation code okay. or something hidden in the past that we have to find. The only two people who knew it are dead. And so he's trying to find the, the thing that they can basically reactivate Desmond. Got it. And that way then it gives that. I'm also thinking, I'm trying to run an idea of like, this is, it, it, it's almost adding a complication, but it is a neat world building thing. So I'm just going to throw it sure. out that uh, you can only bring back family with you in time. Okay. So he couldn't travel with Desmond unless they were family. And I so tried. they sort of, yeah, but they, they, um, finagled it so that he would marry his wife he would marry desmond's sister like behind this like the dad doesn't know this like he doesn't know that this was a plot and the idea being well we're not actually blood relatives and then you could argue once you have a kid with my sister that kind of joins us by blood so there's like nine months where they have to solve this crime whatever like desmond and the dad it's like once you're she's pregnant we can only time travel for nine more months okay after that we can't go far enough back because you're stuck got it going back further than the birth. I know it adds a ticking clock to part of the story. It is again a lot of just extra bullshit. Yeah. But I mean it it makes it makes sense though, even though it's it's a lot more, but like it it, it makes sense in like it's good to have a ticking clock of just like why now, why whatever, right? Or, um, yeah, the ticking clock is more one to give a smaller scope for where Tim has to go back in time, but also to give the dad and Desmond like a nine month window to achieve what they have to achieve time travel. Sure, sure. Um, what are they trying to achieve? Like, obviously, Desmond knows something. Yeah. And Tim's going back to find what the code to get what that was locked away. I think it's so like maybe finding some like in the Assassin's Creed games. It's like finding mm-hmm. like relics of Eden. Like, I think the apple of Eden is right. like something. It could be like a scepter mm-hmm. or something that's hidden. Maybe it's something that has to do with time travel in general. Right. Or something like that. That mm-hmm. is something that they hid away um because like it seems that the time travel gift is well before bill nighy's character because he said he Mm -hmm. talked about his ancestors having it too right so as far back as the grandfather as tim's grandpa Mm -hmm. um so so it could be i wonder if um, maybe maybe tim's grandfather or great-grandfather had one of these apples of eden or these things of eden and that's what sort of gave them the ability to time travel and they're they're trying to find it so then what is like because we're dealing with like two tiers here so we know that tim is going back to get something to basically reactivate desmond so desmond can tell them where that where something is where that thing is hidden or yeah where the i think it's where the relic of eden is hidden because bill nighy in the past and desmond hid it right um and uh, abstergo and the assassins are at a race of trying to find it now because whatever this relic is if we make it like a time travel thing that's like way more it's it's way more powerful than what tim can do right it's like it you can actually go back all of time you can go back in the past and actually change things it's super dangerous right um but you also Mm -hmm. can't destroy it because it's um, uh, an artifact of the progenitor gods, right? Um, so, so I think the mystery Desmond knows where the thing is hidden, um, because Bill Nighy and him hid it. That's what I think. Unless you have a, do you have a different sort of? No, no, I'm fine. I how do we tie then? Uh, Jeremy Irons' character. I mean, he's just also looking for it because. Mm, yeah. My thought was that uh, the three people who n- know this fact were Bill Nighy. 
uh, Jeremy Irons and then Desmond. Mm-hmm. And the only person still alive is Desmond. But at that point, it'd have to be something that Bill Nighy and Jeremy Irons don't know. Otherwise, Tim could just go back in with the animus, see the fat, the thing, and then come back. Sure. Yeah. So this has to be something only Desmond knows. But the activation for Desmond or whatever was something that all three of them knew. That, if that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Just, there's so many tiers at this point. Yeah, yeah. Of like, I understand. What information is what character looking for? Yeah, it's not It's not too bad. I, like, it's just finding out, like, Desmond needs to... What I was saying about, like, he has a little bit of a half of a right. clue that he mentions, like a mm-hmm. time or a place or something like that. And then that's why they know, like, in that place during that span of time or whatever that's where they're going to find their answer. So that's why Tim goes into the animus. And I think that whatever the final scene is, um, maybe the plot that was going on in the past is mm-hmm. Bill Nighy, Desmond, Desmond V, Jeremy Irons, right? So Jeremy Irons knew about the thing, right? Or knew, mm-hmm. um, but um, he knew the existence of the artifact, maybe. Maybe he, Jeremy Irons had some journals himself. Um, hmm. so I think like maybe they were all there at the end of whatever or near the end of whatever when the thing was hidden so my thought would maybe be it's something that they found and they all basically like Desmond oh, sure. and Rickon were like no one can have this like ideology aside this would destroy the world. Yeah. Like, because they're always looking for the relics of Eden for power. Yeah. In one hand to like defeat the Templars, the other hand to control the world. I think this is like, this isn't a, this isn't a, a, a weapon of control. This is absolute destruction. And so all the three of them agreed, like Desmond was like, we can't, like, okay. we're just going to agree to let this remain lost. Yeah. But the uh, Templars and where they're still looking for it, but those guys all like made a pact at the end. Like, so we can have the movie be a cat and mouse. They're trying to outsmart whatever. And at the end, they all find it together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we're going to lock the secret away in Desmond's mind. Like Desmond's the only one who actually knows where it is. Sure. Um, and then we wiped his memory and we know the phrase in case we ever need to reactivate him. If this becomes a problem again, and it just hasn't until, um, until those two guys died. Um, yeah, but, I like this because we don't get a lot of backstory about what their jobs were before, right? Um, at mm-hmm. least not that I could tell. Um, so maybe in the past, they're all archaeologists or something like that. And um, um, Tim's dad's a professor of literature. Okay. Well, he could. Or he was in the, the he graduated, like they said, the he retired at 50 or whatever sure. to just. So maybe it says like the the clues are hidden in books, like a national treasure. That's pretty fun. But in books instead of history. Yeah, and maybe like maybe uh, the dad his he was finding out about it because um, he shared that he had this gift with Uncle Desmond and um, Jeremy Irons, um, right? Well, Jeremy Irons also had the gift, right? Yeah, he's their brothers, he's their brother. ostensibly. Yeah. And maybe him and his brother were like, let's try to find out what this was. What, what, what they, they're the first ones that like look back to like find out what great grandfather did to mm-hmm. make this happen. Right. And they find the thing right after looking for so long. And Uncle Desmond is also there because he's their best friend or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's where they lead 
on the exposition to find the thing. They find it. Um, they realize its power. Keep it hidden. Um, maybe like, why does Uncle Desmond need? Like, what do they do to Uncle Desmond to make his mind go away or his his mind to be sort of thing? Maybe the thing itself mixed up his mind. Like he was like, I'm the one that'll throw it at the bottom of this volcano or like you know or we'll bury it but by just by touching it it makes someone go a little it's sort of like the infinity gauntlet right you know like kind of messes your mind up if you're not uh powerful enough to handle it so i'm wondering uh, an idea is maybe um desmond like the dad and is already married to tim's mom Mm -hmm. and desmond's like okay by the way i gotta like i'm gonna let you in on this secret about the assassins and the templars because your brother built something trying to understand or find out what happened and how you guys got this power. He built something to go farther back than he should be able to Mm. and discovered some secret, like a clue to where this thing is buried. And unfortunately he sold it to the highest bidder, which is Abstergo. Yeah. Like we couldn't get it before he gave it to them. So I need you to help me time travel around to find out that information. Yeah. In a race to get to the item before Abstergo does. And I think Rickon's the other, the operative of the other side who's after them because he can also time travel. So they're like, that's like the action race part of it is the thriller part. And then all three of them find it together. You ask, well, maybe does Uncle Desmond try to use the animus and that's what fucks up his brain? I don't know. I don't like something like that. I think it, it may have to be the artifact just mm-hmm. because, there again, there has to be some kind of activation. I think it's like a, like a phrase or a code. Yeah, like maybe it's some sort of sacrifice or something like that. And they're like made. Yeah, I guess like if we need to activate. But do we need to act reactivate Uncle Desmond if he's going in the past to like find the thing? Like, right? Because I think what we're describing right now in this backstory is the movie that we're seeing, right? Of the like this is what Tim is experiencing throughout this time, right? This time frame. What I, what I thought was that they found it and agreed that it had to remain hidden. Mm -hmm. So Desmond hid it somewhere. No one else knows where like he hid it and then came back and they wiped his memory. Mm. So the other two know how to get his memory back. If, if like they ever had to find it again to, to hide it somewhere else, the Rickon and the dad know some phrase that will like unlock Desmond's brain again. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. That's why they came to Tim was because they were like, you have Desmond here. Great. You're the only person who could go back and find this information so that we can get Desmond back and he can help us get the thing and then hide it or whatever. Yeah, that's good. Um, Um, Bill Nighy is the only one who knows the phrase, right? Or something like that. It's Um, Ilmondo. It's Ilmondo. That's pretty good. I think that would have been triggered at the wedding. Uh, you have to play Il Mondo backwards since it's a vinyl disc. You just oh, threw- Jesus. Um, I actually don't hate the idea that they've hidden the activation fra- like phrase on the vinyl. Like, so if you play the vinyl backwards, it actually you're like, "Wake up, Desmond! It's time." The whatever the clouds are forming, and it's just, Jesus Christ or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. That way, then it's like, oh shit! The, actually, the Abstergo is really close to finding this again. Wherever Desmond hit it the second time, mm-hmm. we got to wake him up so he can go get it and we can hide it again somewhere else. Yeah. Like Bill Nye, he keeps him close. Yeah. To like, so it's like if they have to wake him up, it's like where the fuck is Desmond? Okay, I like this. So two things we should figure out um, um, is because I think the movie is like basically what we talked about. That's what Tim experiences while he's in the Animus. Is that whole story right? Mm-hmm. Two things we need to figure out. 
What is the phrase? Or is it El Mondo, you think? Or are you play, playing it backwards? Oh, no. I I mean, I, I think it would be funny if playing El Mondo backwards, like, it's like how the, you know, supposedly the Beatles put satanic messages on their mm-hmm. albums if you play them backwards or whatever. They actually hid the activation phrase where if you play El Mondo backwards, like, you, like, run the, the vinyl backwards on the spin, like, the table, then you hear, like, wake up, Desmond, the world is in, da-, whatever. Like, you hear the activation phrase. Okay. Like, so it's, like, recorded on there. Okay. El Mondo backwards isn't just, <laughs> isn't the phrase, but. Got it. Um. So let's think of the phrase, and then we also got to think about what happens after they reactivate him, mm-hmm. and then they go get the thing. Um, I have an idea for that, but let's think of the phrase first. Um, mm-hmm. um, it can be like a, I mean, it can't be something that he would actually accidentally hear in his real life. Sure, yeah. Um, it's like, he was a nice dresser. <laughs> like, he was like, like he, he dressed up really nice, so what if it's like something that he wouldn't say, like, ever? is like cargo shorts are fashionable or something like that. Like, you know, or um, a little underdressed, aren't you, Desmond? Yeah. Or uh, cowboy boots and spurs are um, I or I just bought these cowboy boots and spurs or something like that. But uh, I guess to that point, though, if it's just the names of articles of clothing, he would he could accidentally hear somebody say cargo shorts are fashion or good. I don't think anybody's ever going to say that, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I guess you you forget what it's like to be fifteen. <laughs> I want it to be funny like that though. Socks with sandals are in this year. Sure, that can be the phrase. Okay, cool. It's socks with sandals are uh, are in fashion this year. What's the ending then that you have in mind? So, what I think the assassins, knowing the sort of story with Desmond and everything, because they ha- mm-hmm. they know the history, right? Just because it was way back when they didn't have the technology to put the artifact in something to like to like protect the person from it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess that, no, because because the thing that I'm leading to is what is the thing? Someone else has to make a sacrifice, right? If they're going to go hide this thing again, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do the Desmond thing over again, right? So, right, who is that person? that decides it we could introduce the character it's one of the assassins or it could be someone from the first movie or um, i mean desmond could do it again desmond could do it again um and although he's old enough the idea might be if he dies they just won't know true yeah but they know what if but let's let, i think to make it like they know it's desmond who knows right and that's abstergo right. knows as well so okay. maybe Desmond makes another sacrifice. I, um, I'll say, I feel like you're building to you have a character in mind. No, I don't. I don't at all. Oh. Um, because we didn't really introduce anyone new besides the assassins. So we could say one of the assassins characters decides to do it. Or I mean, Marilyn Cotillard is still alive, I think, in the Assassin's Creed universe that we have with a sequel with Black Flag. Yes. So she could be in this as well. Yeah. Um, the sequel to that Richard Curtis time traveling romance movie. Yes. With the Assassin's Creed characters. Yes. Um, um, I mean, it has to either be the assassin. It has to be Tim or it has to be Marilyn Cotillard, like, or Rachel McAdams. Like if we just introduce a character to have their memory, that means nothing. There is absolutely no emotional core there to this character that is only invented for this movie. Let's say it's Desmond again. 
who's mm-hmm. like, oh, once they like are able to like reactivate him, um, he's like, okay, let's do it again or whatever. And they go to the place that it's hidden. Do we think it's at their house mm-hmm. or somewhere nearby or like? No, I mean it, it's. We'll cut to a plane ride later. Sure. It would be Buck Wild if he hid it at their house, and it was like, yep, it's very. It's no one will ever look for it there. I like the idea that he like hid it near a volcano or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know sure. why. Um, and because I want the end to be a race, right? And then like it being like. It's like, oh, no, like, Abstergo found us. And then maybe Uncle Desmond, like, with the thing, sacrifices him, hides it, and then, like, maybe sacrifices himself so he dies with the information, right? Or something like that. I mean, he could just jump into the volcano and nobody could get it yeah. out of the boiling magma of that volcano. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then that causes the volcano to erupt or whatever, right? Um, and then it's, like, a high action scene in this I have I have an idea okay. for a big it's a big set piece for the end, whatever the artifact is because as you do a time travel it's actually keeping the volcano dormant, but as soon as he pulls it out the volcano starts to erupt. Mm, okay. And so we have this final like climactic action fight whatever sequence on a, a erupting volcano, and when he jumps into it it settles down again. Got it. Okay. So the where he hit it here and it's kept the volcano from erupting for like forty years or whatever. Like, it's actually, he hit it in a place where it would actually do some good. It's actually keeping the volcano a certain age or something like that, you know, like. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like, instead of, as it gets older, it'll erupt or whatever, build up and erupt. It is maintaining it at a point where it will not erupt. Yeah. And as soon as he pulls it out, it like, like this, starts erupting. This very high action set piece at the end of this, like, probably pretty, like, sleepy sort of, mm-hmm. like, time travel movie or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh just to end on a big note. Um, but yeah, I'm cool with that. This big action set piece at the very end of this movie with a volcano. Uh, most of the 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 extra 20 million at the end of the movie is spent on the volcano scene. Yeah. The budget of this movie is 20 million uh, $300,000. Yeah. And the $300,000 is for every part of the movie except for the, the 20 million is just for the volcano scene. Cool. Um, also, I should mention Desmond is about to throw in the volcano. But then he's corrupted, and he's like, no, I'm going to keep it. And then Gollum shows yes, up. Yes, and chews off his finger. Just there, It's not a ring. He just bites his finger off, takes it, and jumps in the volcano. Yeah. Andy Serkis is there. What do we, uh, <laughs> what do we call it? Um, About time, Creed. Uh, about time, Black Flag. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm like, I kind of like so, About Time, colon, Desmond's Creed. Okay, so do you know, have you played the Assassin's Creed games? Some of them. The first one that got the main character's name is Desmond. So it's like, uh, I, and I wasn't sure if you knew that when we were talking about this, but I I forgot. I absolutely forgot his name was Desmond Miles. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that like, it's kind of a misdirect of. Uh, oh, yeah. The whole movie we play up like, wait, is this just a grown up Desmond Miles? Mm-hmm. Like, did he? We'll throw in things of like, oh, he's not actually British, like Desmond is, or whatever. Like these, all these like references to like just make oh people my think God. that he's fucking Desmond Miles. When they wake him up, he's not British. Holy shit! Yeah, um, that's great. Um, yeah, I like about time. Colon Desmond's Creed. Um, all right, Jesus, Jesus Christ, that was a I <laughs> so fucking wild. We got into the weeds there, but I think we figured it out. All right, then we have about time, colon, 
Desmond's Creed. I'm not. I'm just gonna say something, Mike. I don't know what you yeah. have planned or what your your plans for um for Equalizers Three is, but we're really building up and adding to the Abstergo lore, like as like an entity. I'm, I'm gonna say two sentences. One, Abstergo is a piece of information I have written down as a possibility mm-hmm. to use for Avengers Three. I will also say I didn't tell you this like I did for um, the last time this happened. I have a plan for Tim Lake. Okay. And I, I was hoping he would survive, but I wasn't going to influence sure. the movie here. I have backups in case he didn't make it through this sequel. So I'm very happy, actually. This turned out. I don't know if this is going to fe- heavily influence what goes forward, but well, uh, we definitely put in some homework for me. Uh, there's also just, just like good a lot of recent time travel like lines here um, that we just keep building on. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, no, I. If you bring back Hannibal Smith, I swear to God. This is the only. Um, time travel movie that i openly picked like babysitters club to the edge of babysitting mrs hayward's time worn famously all you're doing yes you brought up time travel you invented the time war oh my like, god I... what if mrs haber hoberman write this down for your notes mrs hoberman um <laughs> mrs hoberman is also an agent she's one of the assassins i'll hold my hands up so you can clearly see i'm not writing this down god um, I'm running with my penis. Her, her, and Uncle Desmond are um, lovers, secret lovers. Jesus Christ! Did we do it? We did it. Then, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of the Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching the Equalizers, including in a very dark basement of a restaurant. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at the Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, that's spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps, strutting off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching the Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled B-O-Y-E-S like in Oh, yes. Oh. Their full, yes. <laughs> their full album is available on all streaming services now. All right, Madison, what is next? Time Traveler's Wife, obviously, right? <laughs> I have an idea that's a little wild. I don't know if you want to get a little... Uh, we haven't done something, I'll say ambitious okay. in a while. Like a, like a trilogy or with whatever the fuck we did with the Three Musketeers movies. Sure. Um there are two films I can think of that would be interesting to see what we do. Okay. We could do where I'll pitch one next week and then the next, the following week you do the other, which is there are two great Gatsby films. Oh, famously the Robert Redford one. And then there's also the Leonardo. The Leo. Yeah. What if we next week, one of us pitched one of the movies, sequel, a great Gatsby sequel to one of them. And the following week, the other one pitched to the, for the other. Movie. Huh? interesting aren't they the similar stories yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean (laughs) but i also i mean i think the the robert redford one's a much more faithful adaptation of like this is just the book the leo one has that's kind of boring like rap and i i like it but it's it's more aesthetic than movie yeah and i think leo was a better gatsby than robert redford but like i think that they would lend themselves to different styles of pitch okay 
we don't have to do it. I'm just, there's, it's something that I thought of the other I, day that was like a thing we've never done before yeah. and would be kind of just, I don't know, ambitious maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's try it out. I think it, yeah, I think we might also just have different takes about it anyway. And it's more like we're working off of like, because it's true, like, yeah, they're the same story, but they're they're different. Also, they're differently like told, right? Because they're two different movies, two different styles, year decades apart, right? So it'll I'm also now wondering if I really want to watch the Great Gatsby twice. Also, yeah. Like the two different movies. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We can give it a shot. I don't know how we decide who's we can flip a coin for who does what. I only saw the original one a long time ago. I've never seen the Leo one. I've seen them both. I don't really care for the Robert Redford one. But uh, we like flip a coin to see because, like okay. I said, I don't. One of them is bad, and I don't want it to be like, okay, then you can do that one, or and I don't want to volunteer to do that one. So okay, so heads will be Robert Redford, tails will be Leo. Who? Oh, we should decide who. Goes yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Do we both want to do the Leo one? Because uh, that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah. So I think so. Yeah. Okay. So you can call it. Which one do you want? Heads or tails? Heads. Okay, I'll take tails. Hey Google. Hey, Google. Fl- Don't roll three-tailed coin. Flip a coin. You got tails. Fuck. All right. Um, I'll do the Robert Redford one. Okay. And I'll do the Leo one. Uh, which one are we doing first? That's the other question. We'll go. You know what? Let's do release order. Okay. I'll go. I'll go Monday. Okay. Or next time. I'll do um, the a sequel to the Robert Redford one. Mm-hmm. This, this will also be kind of interesting. Maybe to compare the different movies too, like from week mm-hmm. to week, I think that's kind of going to be pretty, pretty cool too, to do it this way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great to me. This one will also, these episodes will probably also be a lot of, this is where my notes run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on both ends. I mean, even on, on, on my, I can't fathom sitting down to write out like the last star or the next Starfighter that level of detail of a great Gatsby sequel. Or, you know, my heavy detail of Aragorn, uh, Aeroporn, you know, that I had. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, next time for equals, tune in as I bring you a sequel to Robert Redford's The Great Gatsby. So, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. How do you do, old sport? I'm Gatsby. To be continued. Mm-hmm.